football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. We are back in with another edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted just to the doggies in college football and the NFL. And we are rocking and rolling through October. The host, a perfect three for three last week. Thank you, Texas Longhorns. You didn't win, but you covered in the rivalry game with Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. Thank you, USC Trojans. Likewise, you didn't win, but you covered in the rivalry game at Notre Dame. And thank you, Arizona Cardinals, because you did win and cover against the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL. That means also that I'm 5-1 and one the last two weeks on Three Dog Thursday. So at least for the short term here, uh, we're looking good with the underdogs. Let's see if we can continue in October or is it October. Also, congrats to a couple of our handicapping guests from their own gambling podcast, Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast. He hit on the San Francisco 49ers last week. And also Sean Green, who will be back with me a little bit later on in this podcast, had the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that means you had not one, not two, not three, but for the second straight week, five underdog winners off this podcast. That's what we like. That's what we love talking about here uh, on Three Dog Thursday is underdog success. And we want it to continue here on the show. So I look forward to giving you some underdogs as uh, as things rock along here on the program. I mentioned the Winning Cures Everything podcast straight ahead. Chris Giannini will be here. Uh, Chris was successful a couple of weeks ago on this podcast with a couple of uh, underdog wins, uh, including the Colts, an outright win over the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's back on the podcast to give me some underdog pits. Uh, later on here uh, in the podcast, Matt Zimmick will be here. Noted college football writer, longtime national college football writer and columnist, now working with Florida Football Insiders, floridafootballinsiders.com for the football in the state of Florida, as well as a couple of other outlets. Going to get Matt's thoughts on the college game to this point, some of the big games uh, this weekend, including underdogs that he likes. Uh, what a big, what a battle last week with LSU and Florida. We'll talk about that a lot on the podcast uh, here, get his feelings on that. Uh, so Matt Zimmick here in the middle portion of the show. And then as I mentioned from the Sports Gambling Podcast, he's back. Sean Green will be here to talk underdogs in college football and the NFL. All Sean, Sean has done in the last four weeks on this show is give you at least one, some weeks at uh, two or more underdogs on the program. He gave you the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, last week as an underdog. I'm curious to see what Sean thinks this week in the NFL as well as the college game. So guess galore coming up uh, here to talk some college football, and uh, I'm anxious to talk with you about it. All right, so a couple of housekeeping things. Whether you found this show uh, via social media or the online link through social media or Red Circle Podcasting, make sure you subscribe. A couple of things that will help. Subscribe. The show comes automatically to you through iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, subscribe to Three Dog Thursday. And whenever the show is out Thursday morning, usually by mid-morning Eastern time, you get the podcast automatically to your phone, to your iPad, your listening device, 
comes right to you. Also, rate and rank the podcast. It'll move up. It'll help others find and discover Three Dog Thursday. Help us promote by rating the podcast, ranking it real quick. Take a minute or two to just do that. That will help out. We also will make mention before our guests come this way that Three Dog Thursday is sponsored by our friends at mybookie.ag. Some of you have already taken advantage of this. I've talked with a couple of different uh, people that have taken advantage of the offer that is out there right now from mybookie. Um, again, we've been giving you some good underdog advice here. That's what we do. We don't do favorites. We don't do the under-over total. We just do underdogs. But you can obviously bet on anything at mybookie from the favorites to the total uh, to the underdogs, college football, the NFL, baseball playoffs going on, anything including the presidential election. The Democratic candidates are still duking it out uh, right now for the nomination uh, in the debates. Uh, you can bet on anything with, with MyBookie, uh, including the NBA starting up, etc. Go to MyBookie.ag and a great incentive, again, that some of you have already taken advantage of. Use the promo code 3DOG, the number 3 and D-O-G, and you will get a matching bonus from MyBookie through the end of this month up to $1,000 of whatever you initially deposit. Your first ever deposit with MyBookie. So this is for new users. Go to MyBookie.ag, put in the promo code 3DOG. If you put $200 in, they'll match it with $200. Same with $500 and even match a $500 more, all the way up to $1,000. MyBookie, you bet, you win, they pay quick, they've got great customer service. Utilize MyBookie, use the promo code 3DOG for that matching bonus. All right, there you go. Uh, With that, we now get ready for our guest and the underdog selections to start flying. Let's get rolling on this latest edition of Three Dog Thursday. We have come out guns a-blazing in the month of October, giving you lots and lots of underdogs. No small contribution from the Winning Cures Everything podcast, guys. I love talking with Chris Giannini and Gary Seegers on their podcast, which, by the way, they simulcast. Because they are gorgeous male model types, they simulcast their show on YouTube as well as the radio podcast, so you can hear them and see them, and they keep rolling the red carpet out for me. Although, as we bring Chris Giannini, in here. Good to have you. I keep picking underdogs correctly on this show. I'm building my credibility and an expectation uh, to come back on your show. Good to have you, and let's let's keep rolling with more uh, successful underdogs. What do you say? Hey man, we're ready. Yeah, and you're doing great. It's it's been a, it's been a fun season so far. Yeah, no keep doubt. Going. No doubt. Last week, uh, two different times: Texas and USC. Very good to me in college football, and I just I loved Arizona as the home underdog. Uh, with the Atlanta Falcons in what was a wild game. There were several wild games uh, for last week. Now, full disclosure, because we already talked about this on your Winning Cures podcast, I am back from London, back from the U.K., where my Buccaneers, let's be honest, were not good for much of that game. Yes, they they made it close at the end. They, they stunk for a lot of that game. And the other thing that stunk is you don't get to see a lot of college football over in London because they were showing the World Cup of Rugby, Chris, for a lot of Saturday. And then on the Internet, they have a lot of it blocked where you can't see the different games that are going on, whether it be from ESPN or CBS, etc. So that was a little bit of a struggle. Still, I'll take the Texas cover. I'll take the USC cover. I want to ask you, too, about LSU and Florida because I didn't get to see a lot of the game. I've seen the highlights uh, now that we're a few days later, but I know you're a big LSU guy. What a wild game. What a big win for LSU Saturday night, Chris. 
Oh, no, that was a spectacular game. You missed an incredible weekend of football. So bad weekend to be gone from the States. Uh, it might be one of the best, if not the best, uh, weekend we've had so far. Every slate starting at noon with the Red River rivalry um, going all the way through the LSU-Florida game. Every slate had massive games, all incredible, very intriguing. And my Tigers, <clears throat> man, mm. that is a real de- – I'm feeling myself right now. I'm a little chesty. I'm a little excited. <laughs> and, and, and I'm a little hopeful – we just took what I think is one of the best defenses in the country, and based on everything that, that we saw up until that game, they are one of the top three, maybe four best defenses in the league. If you take down the kneel downs, LSU averaged over 11 yards per play. Wow. It, we, we only were one of four from third down conversions. But we only had four third down conversions. <laughs> only the entire game. four third downs. I love. That, I love how good is, LSU was. That Chris is already using the we pronoun. I love that. Says we we we. I love that. Look, I've been a tiger when we get our butts whipped. I got I got to get. I got to get to take the glory off. So, so, so for somebody oh. that I know, a lot of the audience saw a lot of this. But Florida had the lead early in the third. Why did LSU stomp on the accelerator? Why and how to pull that one out? Okay, so that 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 wouldn't that, that leap is a little weird. It happened. Um, they basically the first half of the football game they traded touchdown for touchdown, touchdown for touchdown, went in tied twenty one twenty one. Florida comes out and scores. They get the ball at the second half, and so they come out and score immediately. That's the last time that they scored. So the LSU defense looked like it was you know on training wheels and and just getting and getting thrown on. And then Aranda goes in, does what he does. He made adjustments. And those guys came out in the second half, and they began to make plays. And, uh, and, and they, they found a way to shut Florida down. After they scored the opening drive of the second half, they didn't score again. Uh, we took the ball away from them a couple of times, which they needed to do. Got a couple of easy three and outs. The crowd was just insane. Um, and, uh, and then LSU never, never stopped scoring. Mm. And in the most watched, despite me being in the UK and not able to see it, the most watched regular season college football game in the last two years. So it had a lot of interest and it will only build the interest with the LSU uh, win. So that was fascinating uh, from last week. And again, I, I've only seen some highlights. Oklahoma looked good. Texas hung in there. The Sooners certainly look like one of the top teams uh, right now. That was impressive. So uh, just some of the games from last weekend. Notre Dame controlled most of the game with USC, but I love the late cover by the Trojans being able to hang in uh, in that one in the traditional rivalry uh, for that matchup. So, And Clemson obviously dump truck Florida State. So that's just the games from last weekend. So that morphs us now into the third Saturday of October football here and all the games that are going to take place this weekend. So where do you want to start out? Where do you want to begin with an underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes here, Chris Giannini? Oh, well, I got two college games that I love this week. The fighting Herm Edwards of Arizona State <laughs> is—they're <clears throat> just—they're just playing outside of a realm of anything I expected when Herm took that job. I got to be honest; uh, I didn't take it serious. I didn't—I didn't really know why he was made the hire. And then I just totally forgot, man, no, this guy's a really, really good head coach. And, and okay, he didn't win with the New York Jets. Well, guess what? Nobody's won with the New York Jets. <laughs> Maybe that's not an indictment of him. And, uh, 
And and this team is playing tough. They play hard-nosed. Now, Utah is no fun place to play. That is an extremely well-coached team. They're going to be hard-nosed. I think this is going to be one of those fault-in-the-trenches, lower-scoring, um, kind of kind of tough games. But I think it's going to be close. I think Arizona State's going to hang with them. They're going to have a chance to win this game. I don't think they're getting blown out in Utah. Might be wrong on that. But I'm going to take all 14 of those points. Well, and I like this game, too, for Three Dog Thursday purposes. They've been an underdog twice on the on the road and covered and actually won the game outright both times with Michigan State and with Cal uh, as, a, as an underdog. And they've been, like you described, low-scoring games. It was a 10-7 game in East Lansing, so they know how to win those. And, and look, Utah is good uh, at Rice-Eccles Stadium, and they already have been impressive a couple of times recently. They annihilated Oregon State last week, but this just might be a good spot. I know we were talking on your show that for the Pac-12 South, this might decide the Pac-12 South and who ends up playing Oregon. I know we're only in October, but for tiebreaker purposes and the Pac-12 title game, this, this is a key game for both of these teams. Yeah, this game's going to matter. It absolutely is going to matter. And also have a philosophy. If you listen to our show this week, I kind of went on and on about it. I'm sure it got annoying. But <laughs> I don't think anybody knows anything about what's going on in the Pac-12. I, I just don't. And so I just have kind of a hard and fast rule. I'm just taking all the underdogs in the Pac-12. Just take them all. <laughs> I actually play a lot of money lines because it, weeks out, it works out to where they win about 50% of those games the dogs do every week. And, and some of these money lines are massive. So I just take all the dogs because nobody knows what's going on out there. Who let the dogs out in the West and Pac-12 after dark, especially where they score a lot of points. Okay, so speaking of scoring a lot of points, hey, let's go to the Big 12 for your second underdog and why. Chris, what do you like? I watched every second. Now, I've been on the Baylor Bears all year. Love Baylor. So I've watched every second of every game. I I worship at the feet of Matt Rule. He's just somebody (laughs) that I've followed for a long time. And Texas Tech is a tough football team. This is not your typical Pac-12. We just score, you know, 60 and, and hope that we don't give up 61 team anymore. But they are playing hard-nosed tough. Now, Baylor wore them down towards the end of the game, and so there was a lot more scoring in the fourth quarter than there was early. I think Texas Tech is a hard team to beat. I think the defense is real. I think they're legit. And Iowa State's been good, but Iowa State still reminds me of a standard Big 12 team that isn't super tough. They do it with a lot of flash, and they do it with a lot of speed. But but when, when you get into the trenches and, and you need to make a play on defense, I don't know that they're going to be the ones to make it. Texas Tech offense has, has looked good when it's played bad competition and looked uh, tough when it's played good defenses. Um, I love them at home. They're catching seven points at home. Coming off of that Baylor loss, man, I think they're going to have a great week of practice. I think they're going to be ready, fired up for this game. And, and, and yeah, I love Texas Tech this week. So that is an 11 a.m. local time start in Lubbock on Saturday, noon Eastern time for that Big 12 uh, matchup. So uh, he goes with a home dog there in that instance. Uh, Is it my understanding that you and Mr. Seegers are going on a roadie, leaving the Mid-South and headed to where? You're headed north into Big Ten country? What's going on for this weekend? 
We are. We are. We we have the, the luxury to – on your show, I think I've given them out almost every time, Northwestern. We're going to the Northwestern Ohio State game. <laughs> Friday night football. I know. Uh, I know. I noticed for the Friday night Northwestern plus twenty eight, and you're staying away like it has the plague. You're not. You're not liking the twenty eight and the Wildcats. Well, no, nah, that's not true. Now, in our show, I picked I think eight games, which is rare for me. I never make more than usually four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. They are definitely going to be a play of mine. Uh, I'm, I'm, but <laughs> you I'm just don't. You don't like them as I much have, as Arizona State or Texas Tech for this purpose. Oh, but still, not close. Okay, not but close. still, no, I derailed no, you. No. You're going on the roadie. Why to Evanston here for Northwestern Ohio State? We're just going to the game. So we follow. We 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 are have become really close friends with some guys that have a podcast called Westlot Pirates, and they pretty much own. They all they talk is Northwestern football. Okay. But before the season starts, how we actually found them was they do a breakdown of every Big Ten team and every team on their schedule, and you get kind of, man, these guys know the Big Ten better than I do. We got a lot of information, a lot of insight. We kind of learned some things early on. We've made friends with those guys, and uh, they're all Northwestern alums. They're all season ticket holders, and we're like, hey, if there's, if there's a big game at some point in time, we're interested to, to, to take a road trip. Let's go. And, uh, and so we're going to be in Chicago. Wow. Everybody look out in the Windy City. The Winning Cures Everything guys are on their way. And again, you may be listening to this podcast later in the weekend. That's a Friday night game on uh, Fox Sports 1, number four unbeaten Ohio State at Northwestern. Will Northwestern hang in there, keep it close? At least it'll be a great tailgate and a great atmosphere uh, in and around uh, Evanston there. Uh, for that Friday night primetime matchup. All right, so there are the college uh, underdogs and the college uh, conversation uh, that we have. Let's move to the NFL uh, with Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything podcast. Again, we've been rolling along. Last week, your colleague Gary Seegers had the San Francisco 49ers. I stayed uh, with the NFC West theme, and I had the Arizona Cardinals. Both underdogs won the game outright. You were on the show a couple of weeks ago, and you couldn't say Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts enough to me on Sunday Night Football with the Chiefs. So what I'm saying to the public here is pay attention to these underdogs here because we've been rocking along the last two or three weeks here in October the last couple of weeks in particular with some underdogs. So that being said, if I got to pin you down to one NFL underdog, what's the most attractive doggy? I'm staying in Chicago. I'm going where we're going. I think the New Orleans Saints are on an absolute roll. I think Sean Payton is right now coach of the year. It's tough. Frank Wright, he's got his his, his hand in that in that conversation as well, I believe. But but what he's doing with, with Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater <laughs> right now. It is just unbelievable. That defense is one of the top four, five defenses in all the NFL. They're giving up so few points. Chicago, two weeks off, got the bye, and or not, had the last week off, had the bye week, two weeks to prepare. Mitchell Trubisky should be coming back. I don't know that Mitchell's played a defense like this. I think he's going to have problems. I think that defense is, that offense in Chicago is going to struggle. I do believe this is going to probably be a low scoring game because Chicago's defense is really good. But now we're talking about kickers and who I think can keep it close. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to just trust Lutz 
and the Saints, and I'm also going to trust Sean Payton. He's done it for far longer at a totally different level than Nagy's ever seen. Well, and I saw this team, uh, Chris, you know this, at field level two weeks ago with the Buccaneers against the Saints, and Bridgewater was fantastic throwing the ball for touchdowns. Michael Thomas was almost unstoppable. Some of that was my Buccaneer defense. Uh, which has continued to struggle in the secondary to stop anybody uh, right now. But they can win in different ways. That was a that was a slugfest, ugly offensive game with Jacksonville. But you're right, they put the defensive clamps on Gardner Minshew, on Leonard Fournette running the ball, and they won a 13 to six game on the road. It is uh, we've we've joked on your show and on Three Dog Thursday back and forth that when Drew Brees got hurt in week two and we kept hearing he's out for six games, he's out for six weeks, were they going to maybe be 0-6? Were they going to be 1-5? They've won all four games. That is coaching, my friend, to your point. you got to give Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, a lot, a lot of respect for coaching this team up, adjusting, adapting game plans and schemes, and finding a way to win however you have to win until Brees can get back healthy, right? You're totally right, and on the coaching level, Sean Payton has he is he is the next ring down from Bill Belichick, and he's doing exactly what Bill has kind of been known for. Bill doesn't care how he wins the game; he just wants to get the win. That's what the Patriots have done forever, and and sometimes they win with offense, sometimes they win with defense, sometimes they win with special teams when neither one of them are playing great, and and he it some of them are ugly and some of them are blowouts. Sean is the only coach that I've seen that really seems to take every game like Bill and uh, has done this for his entire career. But this year, he's absolutely doing that. That takes his coaching ability, coaching uh, the way we judge him and view him, I believe, to that different level. Um, and uh, and it's pretty impressive to watch. I I, I trust the Saints. I get three points. Um, head start before the game starts and I think they've got just as good a chance to win the game outright all right again late game in Chicago Sunday afternoon at uh, 325 local time 425 eastern time for Saints and Bears one more before I let Chris Giannini of the winning cures everything podcast get out of here he and Gary Seegers winning cures everything.com find them at winning cures on Twitter find their YouTube show their simulcast the video of their show they do a tremendous job picking a bunch of games not not just underdogs, but favorites, point totals, winning cures. Search that on YouTube as well. Eagles-Cowboys. Again, we had discussion on your podcast when I was on as a guest about this game. I'm curious for the audience here. Dallas off another loss, three losses in a row, now playing the Eagles who are smarting after losing in Minnesota. Somebody gets uh, well Sunday night at AT AT&T Stadium, and I'm not so sure it's the Cowboys at home. Chris, quick thought. Well, I, 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 I'm going to be playing this game. This isn't one of the games I want to give out for you, but like the Northwestern game, I'm, I'm going to have something on this one. Um, I, I do like the Eagles in this situation now. Like is a, a relative term, okay? Uh, you know, I, I like them as, you know, I, I would rather eat broccoli than cauliflower. <laughs> I like it. Uh, neither, neither are my choice, but the doctor says you got to have some, and, and that was it. Um, and this is strictly, I trust the coaching staff, and, and I think right now I trust Carson Wentz, even though he hasn't played great, far better than Dak. If Amari Cooper's out of this game, I don't think they have a chance. Where you can beat the Eagles is in their secondary. And if Gallup is hurt and, and, and slowed down or hindered a little bit and Cooper doesn't play, 
I don't think Dallas has a chance. Zeke, wow. Zeke has not earned his money. Well, he got 100 yards last week against the Jets, but what a weird game. I was flying back from London. We did not have live TV to be able to watch it, but we were on the internet looking at the score, and it was just hard to fathom that the that the Jets were that were up at one point twenty one to three, and uh, the Cowboys did make a game of it late in the fourth quarter. But to have a winless New York team handle you, and I know Sam Darnold got named AFC Offensive Player of the Week uh, midweek because of that. But that I mean that that to me it scares me more about the Cowboys and how they have looked, and the offense struggled as well in New Orleans, and some of that was the Saints in the Superdome the previous Sunday night. So. Uh, we will see in that matchup Philadelphia and Dallas. And again, with the Giants and the Redskins being the other two teams in the division, this is a critical matchup for Dallas at home, division home game, because it's a very winnable game with Washington at home. You need to rack up division wins. If you can get this Philadelphia game, then you're feeling pretty good about sweeping the division at home because they already beat the Giants uh, earlier this year at home. We'll see about that for the Cowboys. We'll see about these guys. Uh, Chris, I've already done the plug a couple of times. You're picking all kinds of games, and the previews are out right now. College segment and NFL segment at Winning Cures Everything. Tell the fans more about how to find it and see it. Yeah, you can find us at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Winning Cures Everything, on Twitter, at Winning Cures. I'm at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, we, we, you know, we'd love to have anybody who wants to check us out and uh, give us a shout. Yeah, check them out, uh, not just on the podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, wherever it's Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. But again, the YouTube show, just search Winning Cures. You'll find their YouTube channel. They are constantly picking the college games, the NFL games, uh, favorites as well as underdogs. We specialize in underdogs here. Uh, totals, all of that. And they do recap shows. You guys are on there several times a week on your YouTube channel and on your podcast. Love the insight. Just like you're talking about how you discovered the Northwestern guys and their podcast. I love getting hooked up with the Winning Cures Everything guys before this season started. They keep having me back. We keep picking underdog winners. Chris, good luck with Arizona State and Texas Tech on a college football Saturday. The Saints are your primary underdog that you like against the Bears Sunday. Enjoy Northwestern and Ohio State on Friday night. I say again, the audience may know that that was a blowout. They may know that it was a close game if they're listening later in the weekend. It's a Friday night game. Have a blast. I want to hear all about it being around the Northwestern tailgate. Thank you for hanging with me here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, sir. Thank you, sir. Still to come, Matt Zimick talking some college football, in particular in the state of Florida. He's got some underdogs. Also, Sean Green will be back with us from the Sports Gambling Podcast. He's got some insight on the college and the NFL game. Uh, A reminder, Three Dog Thursday is also brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you're going to any of these games this weekend, all of these different showdowns that are taking place, that huge matchup uh, in Happy Valley between Penn State and Michigan, Uh, or all the way out uh, west, the Arizona State-Utah game in Salt Lake that we're making mention of, go to the NFL matchups, anything, anywhere from that Saints-Bears game that's coming uh, that Chris Giannini was already talking about, all the way through the Sunday night game, Eagles and Cowboys in in, uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Uh, the Monday night game with the Patriots and the Jets at the Meadowlands, Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app has your tickets. 
great seat selection, tremendous customer service. Uh, your purchase is going to be secure through Vivid Seats. And use our promo code THURSDAY10. The promo code THURSDAY10. You'll take 10% off of your initial order up to $50 with Vivid Seats. So again, go find those great seats for any of these different games. I know Oklahoma's at home with West Virginia. Uh, that showdown coming there in Norman, South Carolina, and Florida in Columbia, South Carolina, williams Bryce Stadium. Again, tickets everywhere. College football, the NFL, even the Major League Baseball playoffs, the NBA regular season is coming. Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Use our promo code THURSDAY10 and take 10% off your order up to $50. First-time users, 10% off your order with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed, it has been the entire season. Have I truly gotten to the third Three Dog Thursday of October and I have not gotten the chance to say hello to Matt Zemick once the games have gotten underway? here with uh, college football and the NFL. I believe that's the case. I love his insight. Matt does a great job writing in a lot of different places, including for uh, the website Florida Football Insiders, uh, among others. He is here to talk uh, some national college football, a little Sunshine State college football, and give me some underdogs as well. My friend, how have you been? I have been ridiculously busy, which is a first world problem and a great problem to have. Uh, same for me. I've been on not not to belittle what you're doing. I've been on another continent being busy, and now I'm back on this continent and back in the state of Florida or back in the state of confusion. I'm not sure which. Uh, the one thing that I joked about because I popped on the podcast that you've started up, the Florida Football Insiders podcast. You wanted to get me on to talk some Buccaneers on that podcast, having been in London. I mentioned to you on that podcast, I mentioned again here, that I, I was kind of devoid of college football last Saturday because they don't televise it uh, in England and in the UK. And the other problem is a lot of your your apps and the online that you're trying to access the game through, you can't watch, you can't see it because they have it blocked off in Europe. So I've had to catch up after the fact, watch some highlights, watch some a couple games that I had DVR'd a little bit after the fact. I'm just finally catching up on last weekend, is my point, in, in what was a, a huge... Uh, we haven't talked yet on this podcast uh, about Texas-Oklahoma. So that's not a Florida situation. I'll get to Florida and LSU in a minute. But Texas-Oklahoma, highly competitive game. Oklahoma stays undefeated. What were your impressions coming out of that game? Well, you know, it's, it's amazing to comprehend, and, and I'm going to reference a program other than Oklahoma here. Two years ago, you know, if you just looked at the college football landscape in 2017, TJ, and someone was going to come up and tell you Oklahoma is going to beat Texas with defense and LSU is going to beat Florida with a virtually (laughs) perfect offensive performance and is going to have arguably the best offense in the United States, you would have called them crazy. You would have said that they needed to be institutionalized. But here we are, two just two years later, uh, and Oklahoma is winning with defense and LSU is winning with offense. I mean, what, 
what's going to happen next? Jameis Winston's going to win NFL MVP. So it's really rather remarkable to see the transformations that Oklahoma and LSU have made on their weaker sides. You know, last year, LSU got shut out by Alabama and Oklahoma gave up 45 points to Alabama. And now those two programs, Oklahoma and LSU, they have both reinforced their, their weaknesses to the extent that, you know, Oklahoma's defense might not completely crumble against Alabama. If Oklahoma and Alabama played, the Sooners might be able to keep it close this time because their defense is so improved. And, and as for LSU, you know, that, that game against Alabama was probably going to be the, you know, the college football game of the regular season. LSU can legitimately say that it can keep pace in a shootout because it has the right quarterback, the right system, and the right receivers. So it's amazing the transformation that Oklahoma has made in two years, and it's really similar to what LSU has done just on, on the other side of the ball. It's, it's rather remarkable to see. Well, and LSU is no joke, having demonstrated it at Texas as well earlier in the season, and now we're, we're pointing towards that matchup with Alabama uh, later on in the year. So, wild game uh, with the win there in Baton Rouge. Let's pick up on that point as well. Uh, Florida deserves a lot of credit. They hung in. Um, it, it was Is shocking the right word that their defense could not at least contain LSU a little better than what it did? Or maybe shocking is too strong of a word. Or maybe you think LSU was just that good and that on at home at Tiger Stadium. What about it, Matt? You know, LSU had 48 plays and scored 42 points. I mean, that, 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 mm. it really is the best offense in the country. Now, you know, does this mean that I would pick LSU to win at Alabama on November 2? No. I, I think Alabama is the more proven team. And moreover, um, you know, the injuries that LSU's had on defense would probably catch up with the Tigers in that game. However, up to this point, if you ask me what's the best offense in the United States, I'd say LSU, partly because Oklahoma's offense left a lot of points on the field against Texas, partly because uh, Tua was not supremely crisp in his most recent game against Texas A&M. And I would also say right now that if you ask me who's the Heisman Trophy winner, it's Joe Burrow. Now, obviously, that's subject to change. But I think that Burrow has been closer to perfect uh, then Tua and Jalen Hurts, not by a huge margin, but an, enough of one. So I really don't regard it as surprising. What's surprising to me, TJ, is simply that Ed Orgeron, of all people, you remember him at Ole Miss. It was an absolute disaster, mm-hmm. and he was playing Cro- he was playing Cro-Magnon Neanderthal football belonging to the 1970s, and yet he, he gets to LSU. Uh, full disclosure, I thought he was in over his head, certainly in that 2017 season, when he lost at home to Troy, thought the roof was going to cave in, and yet he had the foresight last year at the end of last season to say, you know, we need to have an updated modern offense. He hires Joe Brady from the New Orleans Saints to, to teach the passing game, and here we are, and LSU is lighting it up. It's, you know, the, the 2013 LSU team with Zach Mettenberger, that was a very aggressive passing offense, and that was a less miles cam cameron production you know that was kind of an aberrationally uh, aggressive lsu offense but you know the 2019 lsu offense makes the 2013 one look very pedestrian and the fact that ed orgeron is overseeing this revolution <laughs> uh if there's there's a lot of Dabo swinney in what ed orgeron is doing right now you know Dabo's up gave off a very 
Orgeronian vibe in 2010. He looked in over his head, but he learned on the job, made adjustments, saw what was happening around him, hired the right assistants, you know, Brent hiring Brent Venables. Many people in the Clemson program will tell you that's what turned everything around. So Orgeron hiring Joe Brady could have a similar effect. It's really rather amazing. So to get back to the Gators, I'm not shocked that their defense couldn't stop LSU because LSU is just playing in a different league on offense. Burrow's setting all kinds of records. Uh, I think this upcoming South Carolina game is really a telltale game because if the Gators play the way uh, they did against LSU and they transfer that to South Carolina, they'll win comfortably. But will they suffer the letdown? Will they be stung so much by the LSU loss, which they played so well for so long, then ran out of steam in the fourth quarter. Are they going to be depressed by that? Are they going to let down their guard? It, it is fascinating because Florida's been in two draining, high-emotion, tough games, Auburn at home and then at LSU, uh, and now they have to travel to Columbia for this one. And, and South Carolina off the upset of Georgia, what do they have emotionally in the tank after a double-overtime win? And Florida, a six-point favorite for Three Dog Thursday purposes. That's the voice on the other end of Matt Zimmick. Love his insight. Uh, National College Football Insight, also contributing to Florida Football Insiders, floridafootballinsiders.com, among others. He'll plug away on where else you can read him uh, as we talk about all of this. Um, All right, so... Uh, again, uh, you, it doesn't sound like you're willing to take South Carolina as the home dog here against Florida. Give me a couple of underdogs, and maybe you have three of them, but give me at least an underdog or two here that you do like for this weekend as part of Three Dog Thursday. Yeah, well, there are three underdogs that I particularly noticed when I when I looked at all the numbers. Uh, one is Ole Miss getting six and a half at home against Texas A&M. Kellen Mond is just so untrustworthy as a quarterback, and AM has just failed to find its equilibrium at any point this season. I mean, we haven't yet seen Texas AM play a complete game against a half decent team. And so uh, going into Vaught Hemingway in Oxford at night, I think that's a great spot for Ole Miss to at least keep the game close, if not win it outright. Wow. So definitely very like interesting. Ole Miss there. Like definitely it. like Ole Miss there. Like it. Okay. And then, uh, you know, really. And, you know, the game where I thought college game day should have gone this week, Temple SMU. I thought it was a great time to go to a school <laughs> outside the Power Five. Right, right. Because this is a huge, this is a huge game. I mean, Temple has, by, by beating Memphis, Temple has stayed in the conversation in the AAC East with UCF and especially uh, division-leading Cincinnati. So it's a big game for Temple in the AAC East. It's obviously a big game for unbeaten SMU in the AAC West. Uh, it's a game with legitimate group of five New Year's Six Bowl implications as SMU tries to carry the banner for the AAC against Boise State, which is probably the, the majority uh, opinion group of five leader at this point in the season. So that's a huge game. And I think that you know SMU was very fortunate uh, to survive against Tulsa. Tulsa missed a, a field goal in overtime, which would have won. So I think that, that Temple, after you know containing Memphis uh, last week, I think that Temple's defense is ready to put the clamps on Shane Buchel and the rest of the SMU offense. So I like Temple plus 7.5 points uh, on the road. And then the, the, the third game, 
I do think Utah will beat Arizona State outright, but a 13-point spread. (laughs) Do people realize how many close games Arizona State plays under Herm Edwards? Herm Herm Edwards, he's the close game king, not only winning most of the close games, but – you know, he just his his teams don't turn the ball over. They dictate tempo. They control the ball. They don't allow you to beat them by a large margin. And Jaden Daniels, who led his third fourth quarter game winning drive of the year against Washington State this past weekend, he's the best freshman quarterback in the Pac-12, and and certainly one of the three or four best freshman quarterbacks in the country. The idea that this Utah team is ready to, you know, go nuclear on Arizona State, you know, it's possible. Utah, Utah and Salt Lake City is miles better than Utah away from home. That much is true. Nevertheless, Utah has not lived up to its preseason advance billing, not even close. The, the Utah secondary was torched by USC's receivers, and given how well ASU's offense is playing, the idea that Utah – is going to absolutely shut down Arizona State and win something like 31-13, which is, you know, it beat Washington State at home by that margin. To put Arizona State in the same class, I'm simply not seeing it. So I like Arizona State getting those 13 fat points in Salt Lake City. And I agree with that one. I I have been on that one as well earlier uh, here in the show. And it's interesting that before you came on, Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything podcast also liked uh, Arizona State here. Maybe maybe it's a problem because all of us are in agreement on that one. Maybe it is going to end up being Utah 59, Arizona State 2. I don't know. But <laughs> we, seem to, we seem to all be on kind of the same theme uh, that they are well coached. They're well disciplined. They had to come back and win the game with Washington State. Uh, last week at Arizona State, we'll see uh, what the Sun Devils look like in, in that matchup. And you make a good point. I mean, SMU uh, just blistered uh, South Florida, USF, in Tampa and then had to win a wild game with Tulsa where they were down big and then had to win in overtime when last we saw them a couple of weeks ago. They've had an off week. They're 6-0. and And then you've got that matchup with Temple uh, coming up in that one. All right, so lots of college uh, underdogs uh, from you. Anything else here? What what else in the college landscape stands out now that you've laid out three underdogs for us for this week? Anything else that uh, that you have for me here at the at the essentially about the halfway point of the college season? Well, you know, I, I can recall in the past. I'm not sure if it was last year or two years ago, but you had me on during Washington Oregon week, and you know, I, I'm currently based in in phoenix Mm -hmm. i've spent most of my adult life living in seattle so washington oregon a very nasty rivalry and and you know for for listeners outside the pacific northwest who who don't really follow pac-12 ball all that closely it might surprise people to to learn and it's absolutely true this is not a point of debate it's an ironclad truth washington oregon is a far nastier rivalry than the apple cup between washington and washington state It, it is far uh, meaner and why and more do you vicious. say why do you so, say that because most people would not think that why do you say that yeah you know Washington Washington State there are a lot of there's a big Washington State alumni base in Seattle so you know this notion of Washington versus Washington State being Western Washington again you know in the urban area against Eastern Washington and the farm boys 
it, it, that doesn't really hold up. It's more of a, a fun neighborhood communal celebration. Uh, and, and, and the rivalry is, you know, they, 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 they the, you know, the Huskies and Cougars, they don't really like each other, but it's not bitter. Washington, Oregon is bitter, you know, because it's competing states and because Washington ruled the roost for a really long time. And then Oregon, beginning with a Kenny Wheaton interception of uh, Damon Heward in the 1994 game in Austin Stadium, you know, that was kind of a, a new birth for Oregon football, which had been bad for several decades. Um, Oregon made the, won the Pac-10 at that time and made the Rose Bowl, lost to Kajana Carter and Penn State. But that, that began the rebirth of Oregon football. And, you know, the Ducks got their Nike identity in the subsequent decades under Mike Bellotti, then Chip Kelly. They played with, you know, a real chip on their shoulder, pun not intended. And, and that series became really nasty. And so, you know, it, it, at, the, at the very start of this century, you had Mike Bellotti, you know, tr- tr- trying to uh, transform Oregon's identity into, you know, kind of the bad boys of the West Coast. And you had him coaching against Rick Neuheisel uh, yep, when yep. he was when he was in Seattle, and that got really intense very quickly. And so Oregon and Washington, you know, it had already had always been a, a fairly contentious feud, but the temperature was jacked way way up. And then Oregon becoming a sustained national power, well, that didn't sit well with Washington. And so now it's just it is totally cutthroat. Uh, every time they play. And then to carry that to, to this weekend now, TJ, this is the most defining game of Mario Cristobal's career. And obviously people in the state of Florida are familiar with him from his days at Florida International. This is Cristobal's moment of truth because Oregon has not encountered a supreme Pac-12 test yet. You know, Stanford, though it did upset Washington to the delight of Duck fans, Stanford is not really Stanford this season under David Shaw. Uh, Colorado wasn't much of a test. Um, so, you know, Oregon has not come up against that elite test. Now, Washington is, is in a down year, a down cycle. So, you know, the, the Ducks have to pick off this win in Husky Stadium. If they don't, it will be a very clear and resonant indicator that Crystal Ball is all hat and no cattle. He has to be able to win this game and take full control of the Pac-12 North. You went on and on about that. I, I can tell you're jacked about this one. So we got two Pac-12 games we're paying attention to. And by the way, the Oregon game is the early game uh, out west, 12.30 local time, 3.30 Eastern time at Husky Stadium with Washington. The Arizona State-Utah game much later in the evening, in the late afternoon, Um at 3 Pacific time, 6 Eastern time for that matchup. Those are two enormous games out West. Again, Pac-12 probably not in the college football playoff conversation because of the losses. You never know for sure. Uh, We'll see it. If Oregon keeps winning and their only loss hypothetically is to Auburn, they would potentially have an argument winning the Pac-12 title with the only loss being to Auburn in that instance. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, so you've given us a lot of meat on the bone. Plug away on where we're reading you and finding you. FloridaFootballInsiders.com is one place. Where else are we reading you? Where else are we following you socially with all things college football here in this instance? 
Well, you know, I, I do a bunch of freelance writing for various outlets, but I want to promote the two podcasts I'm doing. So one is the Florida Football Insiders podcast, um, and, and that's promoted uh, at my Twitter account, uh, Matt Zemek, my, just my name, no underscore, Z-E-M-E-K. Uh, that's my last name. So Matt at Matt Zemek, I'm promoting that. And uh, so I had you on to talk yep. about uh, the Bucks. I had Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, Radica, R-A-D, E-K-A, who does a great job writing for Florida Football Insiders, covering a lot of uh, Florida State, but also the other college football teams in the state of Florida. And we did some fantasy football and some Sunshine State College Football Power Rankings with Jamil King, J-A-M-I-L, King96. That's his Twitter handle, uh, talking about you know various components of football, fantasy football, and also just the, the football scene in the state of Florida, college and pro. So you know, I'm getting the Florida Football Insiders writing staff onto yep. this podcast every week so that we're providing the daily stream of written content, and now we have a podcast to complement that. So that, that podcast is going to come out every week. Really hope you enjoy that, and we want to thank our friends at Spreaker for providing uh, the outlet to, to, to host that podcast on the web. And then the other podcast, TJ, that I'm doing, it's my venture at Patreon, patreon.com slash Zemek, not Matt Zemek, just Zemek. That's my uh, college sports Patreon site. Right. My podcast is called Get Off My Pylon. <laughs> and uh, we, we've done, which, we've done which seven is a, episodes. Which is a phenomenal name. I love Get Off My Pylon. Continue. Yeah, so we've done seven episodes. This week, uh, my producer, uh, who uh, also works with me at a, at a tennis site called Tennis with an Accent, my producer was busy this week. So we didn't put it out an episode this week, but we're going to get really good guests. And uh, the, the philosophy behind Get Off My Pylon is that, you know, it's, it's a guest-centered podcast. People want to hear what the guest has to say, not what Matt Zemeck has to say. So I just try to tee up the guest, usually talking about a program, sometimes a conference in depth. And I, and I trust that, that the, my guest has really intimate knowledge about a specific team or conference in college football and we go at about a half hour each week. And uh, that's going to then become a basketball podcast uh, in late, very late January, very early February. I'm thinking about the name. I'm not, I'm not going to unveil it just yet because we're all in the football mindset. But it's going to go into basketball in the winter. And it's going to be a, a year-round podcast that's going to continue. So I just felt I needed to jump into uh, the podcasting game. And uh, I want to encourage listeners, you know, Patreon, it's a pledge-driven site. You probably know about it, but if you don't, it is a pledge-supported site. So to support my work there, here's what I ask. $1 a month, $12 a year. That's not a whole lot to, to just make a simple expression that, hey, you support my work. You're willing to chip in a tiny little bit. Uh, that'll support my podcast. And, if, boy, if I get a lot of those uh, – $1 per month pledges, you know, that'll, that'll support the work that I do uh, covering college sports year-round. Love that. Again, love what this guy does. Again, Florida Football Insiders, floridafootballinsiders.com. Find the Florida Football Insiders podcast through Spreaker. Get off my pylon at patreon.com slash Zimic, his name, Matt Zimic on Twitter. As you can tell, he's passionate about the college game. Go over those doggies again. Give me three of them. Rapid fire. Who you like for underdog purposes real quick? Who do you like for this week? 
Arizona State plus 13 at Utah. Ole Miss plus 6.5 at home against A&M. Temple plus 7.5 on the road at SMU. Love it. Three underdogs there for that. Keep up the great work, young man. I love getting to chat uh, all things, including college sports, including college football with you. So we're ready to see what happens. Good luck with the underdogs. Keep up the great work writing and talking about the college game, Matt Zimmick. We appreciate you, sir. You keep up the good work, too, young man. We do roll along. We are building some credibility in October. Is it Locktober with all of these underdogs here on the only digital radio show that just breaks down those doggies exclusively for college football in the NFL? Uh, Okay, he's back with me, uh, fresh off of coming up with a couple of uh, a solid underdog last week in the Pittsburgh Steelers. He tried to tell us, watch out. For the Steelers in that matchup with the L.A. Chargers, he is Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast. He's based in Southern California. He is back on Three Dog Thursday to impart some wisdom uh, here, I think, uh, on the program. Good to have you. Do you have that Jalen Ramsey uh, jersey yet for the L.A. Rams now that he's been traded? Do they have those (laughs) on the shelves yet? Are Are you sporting that? I can't see you. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, no, I don't have my uh, Jalen Ramsey jersey yet. I uh, I was hoping he was going to go to uh, go to my uh, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and if you watch that Eagles Vikings game, mm. they can certainly use a cornerback. Uh, uh, so yeah, I was a little bummed about that. But hey, you know th- those are the breaks in the National Football League. And the Rams willing to part with two number ones and another mid round pick definitely going all in to try to win this season, uh, being able to make that move. We'll talk more NFL with Sean coming up. Let's talk a little bit about the college game and get an underdog from you. First off, uh, Florida LSU wild one last week. Please give me a thought or two on LSU coming up with another huge win, this one at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think this was a great example for betters um, to not look at the college, you know, not to look at the top 25 ranking when you're betting these college football games, because it would easy, it was easy to talk yourself into, Oh my God, the Florida Gators are the number nine team, number nine team in the country. And they're getting 13 points. Are you kidding me? Uh, you really have to look at situations there. I was, I was on LSU. I was not a, uh, Gator dog. I mean, it was, it was kind of fortunate, but, um, yeah, I guess I would just, yeah, make sure you don't uh, make sure you don't bet against Eddie O at home. Um, he's he's a guy that like uh, he was kind of easy to make fun of as far as a coach, and he's just really uh, established himself as one of the top uh, college football coaches. Well, and they got a new offensive coordinator, and Joe Burrow has been lights out because of it. They're just they're that explosive. We saw he it earlier. Great. I mean, yeah, earlier this year at Texas. Uh, Texas just didn't have an answer for him when Burrow kept kept slinging it. Same thing with Florida that's got a very good, if not great, defense. And he riddled them throughout the night and throughout that second half. So give LSU a lot of credit on that one. Um, all right. So yeah, and, and, uh, go and ahead. Yes. On Burrow, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up uh, as far as transitioning to the next level. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a uh, – a better quarterback than uh, Tua at the next level. I know everyone's sold on him being the uh, number one overall. I I mean, Tua's a great athlete and stuff, but you got it. Burrow is is doing it in the much tighter windows in in kind of tougher situations. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a real wake up call if Tua ends up uh, going to the Dolphins and you know hey where's of course where's of my course Burrow, lineman? Why don't... Burrow could be in Cincinnati if that's the case though too with how horrible they are <laughs> so that might be the one two punch you're so. right yeah exactly that, that that's not going to be any uh, great landing place as well but. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a little transition for two, I think, when guys aren't wide open and he doesn't have 10 seconds to sit back in the pocket. And that's going to be some kind of showdown coming in November in Tuscaloosa with Alabama and LSU. Let's get into a college underdog that you like this week and why. Give me one from the college game before we get to the NFL, Sean. Give me the Temple out. I mean, uh, they're heading into Dallas to face off against the SMU Mustangs and this Temple team, I mean, they've been they've just been playing strong. I mean, they're a tough physical team. They're five and one straight up in the last six games, twelve and five ATS in their last seventeen, including um yeah, fifteen and five ATS in their last twenty games on the road. Um, you know, they're just a they're just a physical tough team that it's I think SMU it's gonna be tough for them to distance themselves from Temple and I wouldn't be I would be shocked if Temple has a chance end of the game uh, to win this thing outright. 6-0 and is the SMU record. They're playing at home. It's an afternoon game. Temple beating my Memphis Tigers last week. Got out to the big 16-0 lead in the first quarter. Hung on to win 30-28. Let's see what this one looks like out of the American Athletic Conference, the always interesting American Athletic Conference. It may be a little more wide open because UCF took a loss and UCF maybe yeah. not going to host the championship game like they've done the last couple of years. The championship game had already almost turned into the UCF Invitational Championship game. They may not be <laughs> in it. It might be Cincinnati. We'll see. And Temple's another team to keep your eye on. Uh, and what a story SMU is. Unbeaten at 6-0. and This deep in a season unbeaten for the first time since Eric Dickerson in 1983. Uh, when the Pony Express eventually got the death penalty because they were higher paid than the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys uh, at SMU. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the matchup that you like. I-, I want a quick feeling from you. We have touched on Penn State and Michigan. Michigan getting a lot of points. I'm not saying that you have to go with the Wolverines. Uh, Penn State obviously eyeballing this game for weeks now. They're going to do the whiteout. What about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I I had Iowa the other week, and, uh, you know, I just I, – I've, I've learned my lesson about going against this Penn State team. They are just uh, – again, they're they're surprisingly impressive. I, I didn't see them going 6-0 and and 4-2 ATS. Uh, they've just been off to a hot start. And Michigan on the other side, they just constantly uh, – they just don't show up big in big spots. I mean, uh, you know, besides not beating Ohio State, Harbaugh just, like, hasn't really uh, exceeded expectations at all. Like, granted, they have really high expectations uh, with the Michigan program and with bringing in Harbaugh, but they just they just continue to disappoint. And if you look at their last 10 ATS, 2-8. and eight, um, So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, game gets away from Michigan. Mm. And last week they were rolling against Illinois at – at Illinois, and then started turning the ball over, and a game that I believe was twenty-eight nothing, at least twenty-eight three, was suddenly twenty-eight twenty-five in the fourth quarter before they kind of pulled away at the end. So, let's see what Michigan can or can't do. A loss will basically eliminate them again from even winning the division and being in the Big Ten title game if they don't win it. 
uh, at Penn State for that one. So there's a little college football conversation. Let's move over to the NFL where uh, I'm interested in your first underdog here. Uh, I think you're going with the Detroit Lions as an underdog coming this weekend. The Lions off the short week in the matchup uh, with Green Bay on Monday Night Football. Why? What do you like with the Lions uh, for Three Dog Thursday purposes? Well, I I think it starts with the officiating crew, right? I mean, that was... you know, even even as a guy who uh, was on Green Bay, I felt bad for the Lions. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, that was just a wild gambling uh, game because, A, you had the horrific officiating, and then you had uh, the, the Packers running back laying down uh, before going into the end zone for what would have been the cover. So oh. uh, crazy beats all around uh, for that game. But, I mean, you don't see it a ton in the uh, NFL, but I think there is a uh, – if the if the calls are close, I think the NFL officiating crew is definitely going to lean a Detroit's way. <laughs> that embarrassment for their their union, and I mean that, those were like uh, replacement ref calls. I mean, yeah. remember the the fail yes. Mary game and yes. those replacement refs that involving was, the Seahawks the and who the Packers. The Packers got burned on that one, and that's that's why when Aaron Rodgers kind of cryptically said after the game that bad calls will even themselves out over time, I think he's making direct <laughs> reference to that. Because that was a Monday night game as well in in Seattle. But the league even came out and said that two of those calls were bad uh, on Trey Flowers uh, uh, for the the hands to the face that kept the drive alive for the game-winning. It's only the game-winning field goal that we keep the game-winning field goal drive alive with illegal hands to the face. So uh, not good on the officiating. But you've got them as a home dog, a small home dog against the Minnesota Vikings off the big win over Philadelphia last week and you just you like the lions here yeah i do um i i i like the matchups i like the fact that they're at home um you know if these two teams played on a neutral field i don't i don't think uh you know minnesota's five points better that feels way off to me um kind of a similar uh they are similar versions of each other um and i and i think minnesota a little inflated off that win to be honest because uh I mean, really, that said a lot about the Eagles' secondary and how banged up they were and, and the guys they were trotting out there. I mean, they were just wide open. And uh, with Darius Slay back for the Lions, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Detroit's been playing really solid football. Um, they were in that game in Lambeau. Um, and I, I think they show up here at home for a division game. And I, I think they got to be motivated, right? I, I think they really were frustrated by that game. So i like them to come back at home. A uh, nice bounce back spot for the Lions. All right, so that's one underdog that you are liking. Um, give me another one that you like for this week, and I, I get the sneaking suspicion you may stay in the same division here uh, in the NFC North, but you're not going with the North team. You're going with the team against the North team. I'm going against the NFC North with the NFC South. Give me the New Orleans Saints. Getting uh, getting three and a half in Chicago uh, again. This this uh you know this Saints team is just really good. Um, you know when Drew Brees went down, everyone the thought was like, oh well, there goes their season. Mm-hmm. You know they got Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they're not going to be able to do anything. Meanwhile, Teddy Bridgewater, highest paid backup in the league, and he's coming in. And he's he's just uh, it's a simple game plan. Um, you know, he's throwing it when he has to, they're getting Kamara involved, but really the story has been this, 
the emergence of this New Orleans Saints defense. And Chicago, I think, is, uh, you know, they're coming off the bye from that London game. But I, I think they're going to struggle um, to put up points against this New Orleans defense. And and normally I like to fade uh, New Orleans when they go out and, you know, in these kind of conditions. But, uh, I mean, they showed up in Jacksonville, and I think they're going to show up again in Chicago Trubisky is back, but I, I don't know if that's a great uh, thing for the Bears. He's really struggled at times, especially turning the ball over. And if Cam Jordan can get some pressure, um, I definitely uh, think New Orleans is going to be in this game. And at the very least, I see it being a field goal game. So give me uh, the Saints getting three and a half. Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast, with me here picking underdogs. It's uh, a, a great time to talk doggies here on Three Dog Thursday. And full disclosure again, the audience has already heard this, that our other uh, analyst slash handicapper, Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything Podcast, liked the Saints as well in this spot. I was saying to him, Sean, before you came on, I saw this team at field level. Bridgewater brilliant with the four touchdown passes against my Buccaneers. They really lit the game oh, up yeah. offensively in that game. Well, this game with Jacksonville last week was the opposite. Ugly field goal fest, only the one touchdown, the touchdown pass to Jared Cook in the second half. What they have demonstrated is they can win in different ways. They can win ugly with defense. They can win by throwing it. That that says a lot for Sean Payton, his coaching staff, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, that the Saints are showing that uh, diversity. And what a story if they win this game to go to 5-0 and without Sean Payton. Remarkable, I think, is an appropriate word if the Saints can do that. Yeah, yeah, I think you meant without uh, Drew Brees there. But yeah, it's, my bad. Uh, yes, Sean Payton, the coach, without Drew Brees, if they can get to 5-0, and it says a ton for Sean Payton, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, he's, there's been a talk of him kind of being uh, possibly overrated uh, as a coach because <laughs> hey, he's just kind of riding anymore. Drew Brees' coattails. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, he's really, he's making a great case for himself. And, uh, yeah, again, I think the biggest surprise to me has been the emergence of this uh, Saints defense. And, uh, yeah, they're playing really well. I, I think the Bears are just going to struggle to put up points. All right. I, by the way, you want to talk me out of, I like Houston, a short underdog at Indianapolis. Not that you have to take uh, the Texans here, but I, I just like what they have done. They've covered three of the last four weeks. They get the win um, a, a week ago imp- impressively. They're at Indy. I know Indy is off the bye week, but... I like what Houston was able to do in Kansas City. They got to stay on the road here for this game with Indianapolis. But I, I'm a believer right now in what uh, Deshaun Watson is doing and what Houston is doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've certainly looked uh, great in these uh, back-to-back wins. Uh, I think if you're if you're going to look to the other side, why you might be uh, wary of backing the Texans here, I would say, yeah, like you pointed out, the, the Colts are coming off a bye. But I, I think the Colts need this game more than the, the Houston Texans. And, you know, when I'm handicapping games, a lot of times if it comes down to two teams, fairly even teams, fairly even uh, situation-wise, um, decent matchups on both sides, I do look to see who is the more desperate team. And, and I just don't think this Colts team can lose this game. Um, and it'll be interesting to see now that the Colts got Darius Leonard back um, I think that has a big impact on their defense, which has struggled without him. And both of these teams come off a win at Kansas City. Obviously, the Colts two weeks ago before the bye. Houston last week in KC. We'll see how that game goes. I'm I'm strongly, strongly liking those Houston Texans, I think, here on Three Dog Thursday. I strongly like this guy. 
Uh, Sean and Ryan do a great job on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Plug away on how the audience here for Three Dog Thursday can find you guys and what you do uh, with your with your program and programs that you have through the Sports Gambling Podcast, your website, etc. Go ahead, sir. Sure. Uh, yes, you can get it all over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, uh, wherever great uh, podcasts are downloaded, iTunes, Spotify, the whole deal, uh, SoundCloud. And, uh, yeah, we're doing football season full gear, three podcasts a week. We do a college one, a, a daily fantasy football one, and, of course, uh, the NFL Picks podcast. And, uh, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter as well, at Gambling Podcast. Love it. Love this guy, Sean Green. Good luck with Temple, with the Detroit Lions, with the New Orleans Saints for his underdogs. Sean, by the way, has been part of the program uh, every week now for, what, going on four or five weeks. In each of the last four weeks, he's given you at least one, if not more, in the NFL. He's had a couple of weeks where he gave you two. Uh, last week he had one with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's on the Lions. He's on the Saints as doggies this week. Sean, good luck with those. Thank you for hanging with me again on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, sir. Always love it. Appreciate it, man. And there we go. That'll do it with our guests, including Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast. We appreciate him with his underdogs earlier in the show. Matt Zemick, college football writer. Uh, writes for FloridaFootballInsiders.com, among others, with his underdog selections. And all the way back at the beginning of the show, Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything podcast, back with his underdogs. Again, I love Arizona State in that spot uh, with Utah upcoming on Saturday evening. Two of our guys like that, Chris and Matt Zimmick, liking that game as well with all those points. kind of concerning me that everybody's jumping on the same underdog here, but I'll go with Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils. And I'm going to cross over into the NFL with a couple of underdogs this week. Off the 3-0 week last week, I'll go with two doggies. Give me Houston Texans, as I've been mentioning, against Indianapolis, against the Colts in the uh, AFC South showdown here. Uh, Indianapolis off the bye week. I still like Houston, though, off the back-to-back wins. Very impressive last week against Kansas City. And I will take one more underdog. I like the Oakland Raiders. We haven't really talked about this as of yet. I'll get all the way to the tail end of the podcast. This is why you got to listen to the very end of the podcast. Give me the Raiders off the bye week at Green Bay, getting six points. Uh, They've covered the last two games in England against Chicago as the underdog, and before that in Indianapolis, winning outright as the underdog. Gruden and the Raiders may be finding themselves a little bit. Green Bay did not look good on Monday night. Got the benefit of some questionable calls just to pull out the win with Detroit at home. I'll take the Raiders. I'll take a flyer with the Raiders off the bye week as my final underdog to pair them up with Arizona State and also the Houston Texans. All right, so there we go. Thanks again to our guests for being with us. Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast as well as Matt Zimmick, college football uh, writer, does a fantastic job. He had his underdogs, and Chris Giannini, he and Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything, uh, sports podcast and gambling podcast, love their insight on all of the college and NFL football. Again, subscribe to this podcast, whether you found us through Red Circle Podcasting or social media, subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. It comes automatically to you. And uh, we look forward to seeing what these underdogs are going to do this weekend. Enjoy the third weekend of October football that is upcoming. 
And uh, we look forward to seeing what's going to happen with all of our underdogs. Thank you for being with me here as part of the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to those underdogs. We are Three Dog Thursday. Bye.